Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. I'm one of the co-founders of the Trinity Transformation, Ben is on holiday today, and we are the creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the best and the worst Christmas foods, specifically for women over 40. So sit back and relax, and welcome to today's podcast. So Christmas is a time that can often feel like an absolute minefield for a lot of people. There's Christmas parties, the shops are packed full of festive food like months before Christmas even starts and there's pressure from the family and for friends if you've got them coming over to put on a good do. And in my experience for a lot of the people we work with it can be very overwhelming and it can lead to people saying sod it, what's the point in even trying and just mindlessly eating and drinking through the entire month of December only for things to finally calm down a few days after Christmas and when the dust is settled and the presents and the parties are over, there's that dawning realisation that nothing fits anymore. Their clothes are fit to burst, their weight shot up half a stone or more and they're exhausted and they're just repeating the same cycle as every other year and they have that dawning realisation that yet again it's going to be months of hard work in January just to undo everything that's happened over the last few weeks. And this can be really demoralizing and I don't want that for you and I'm sure you don't either. But the good news is it does not have to be that way. Like the majority of our clients actually maintain their weight over the Christmas period or only gain a pound or two, which is easily lost in the first week of January. So in today's podcast, I wanted to share exactly how our clients are able to do that by revealing what the best and worst Christmas foods are so you know what to have and what to avoid to avoid that festive weight gain and feel proud of your food choices over this challenging period. But before we get into the foods themselves, I do actually wanna to touch on the mindset because with everything, if the mindset's not there, it doesn't matter what you know, you won't put the knowledge into action. If the mindset or the accountability or the support's not there, you won't put it into action. So we need to nail this part first and then I'm gonna get into the food. So. As far as I'm aware, and I've done this for eight years, so I think I have a good understanding of it. We've worked with over 6,000 clients now. Most people see December as like this kind of month long supermarket sweep in terms of like, I don't know if you remember the game show, but they see it kind of both literally and metaphorically. So in terms of the game show, it was running through the supermarket, getting as much food as you can off the shelves, sweeping it into the trolley. And people are kind of doing the same thing with food, not just in the supermarket, although they do tend to buy Christmas food like two, three, four weeks, maybe six weeks early, they're starting to buy loads of mince pies, they're buying the panettones, they're buying the champagne, they're buying all the treats, telling themselves it's for these people that are coming over or for the party they're having, but they massively overbuy and end up eating it for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, having a drink almost every single day. That's the literal side of actually just buying way too much stuff from the supermarket way too early. And then the second part is, more of a mindset metaphorically in terms of how they're eating. So they eat to excess pretty much every day and they end up thinking kind of like, sod it, it's Christmas. It's too difficult, it's so busy, so stressful, so overwhelming. I'll just sort this out in January. I don't know if you can relate to that, but they end up gaining half a stone or more. In a lot of cases, I've heard of clients gaining anything up to a stone in the past over Christmas. And they end up spending the first three to six months of the new year on a diet. Often it takes even longer because they're doing all these extreme diets that don't really work for when they're 40 but it takes months of hard work and effort just to undo all the mindless eating and drinking from December. 
So I don't want that for you and I'm sure you don't either. So the first thing you need to do is shift your thinking, shift your mindset. So do a normal shop literally and metaphorically for as long as you can up to Christmas. So in terms of the literal side of shopping, save buying the Christmas food until you have to. I know it can be tempting to think, oh, I've had a really hard year. This is, we, I expect a lot of people have had a hard year. So if we all do that, it's going to make next year even harder. So let's try and make next year easier and the end of the month easier by changing what we do and changing how we think. So save the Christmas food till Christmas. You'll still get plenty outside your home. I've done this for years now. I still get mince pies if I go and visit my parents. I still get mince pies if I go and visit friends. I get all those Christmas foods I like elsewhere, so I don't need them in my own house as well. And I can get it. You might have some pressures from fam family. Just try to push it back as long as you can. And if you have a party, just buy enough and give the excess away. So there's food banks in all the supermarkets. There's loads of people going hungry, especially this year with the cost of living going up. Who could do with that stuff? So you can always just take it to the supermarket and put it in the food bank rather than continue to put it in yourself, ultimately, who probably doesn't need it if you've got weight to lose. The second thing you can do as well is to give that food away to your guests. So when they go out, force it upon them, like it's gonna help you go, look, I've got way too much, I can't possibly eat this, take this with you. Maybe one or two will say no, but it's very unlikely. Then the second thing is with this normal shop mindset, I mean, metaphorically, rather than having like a mince pie or biscuits every day, doing that like supermarket sweet, just give me everything, sod it. Obviously that's not healthy. Still eat normally for as long as you can and drink normally for as long as you can. If you want to have a Christmas thing, have it once a week, not every single day, because it's every single day that's the problem. It's the little and often things that are always the problem with weight gain. It's not the like one work Christmas party or Christmas day that's the problem. So what I'm here to say is like, it's not about not enjoying Christmas. Just wait till it's actually Christmas because we start saying, oh, it's Christmas, sod it. Now, when it's December the 1st today when I'm recording this, it's still 25 days till Christmas. That's almost a month till Christmas. It's not Christmas now. It's just December the 1st. And obviously the shops, the supermarkets, the brands all want you to think it's Christmas now because they make loads and loads and loads of money. They make most of their money for the year at this time of the year by convincing you it's Christmas, which is a marketing ploy. It's not Christmas until the 25th. Maybe start eating like that a couple of days before, but if you start doing it now, you're gonna have serious challenges. So I usually say wait till you finish work before you start kind of getting into that Christmas spirit with food. You can still get into the Christmas spirit with making stuff, you know, putting up decorations. That stuff's not harmful to your body. And eating the Christmas food just for a few days is also not going to be that harmful. But if it's for a full month, that's way too long. And you're going to have some serious consequences. Now, we always recommend also taking Christmas Day and Boxing Day off completely. So you can still look forward to enjoying those two days completely guilt-free. It's not healthy to be restricting all the time. So we say to our clients, take Christmas Day off, take Boxing Day off. Don't do anything over those. I mean, if you want to do something, that means you can work out whatever. That's not really harmful. But in terms of eating, enjoy those days. But before then, we need to navigate things a bit better. And even on those days, there's a few things you can do differently that won't mean you feel like you're missing out by changing your food choices ever so slightly that will mean you feel way better afterwards. So we're gonna get into the food choices now. And I just wanna cover the fundamentals of nutrition for women over 40. It's very simple before we get into that. So you understand where I'm coming from with those food choices. So the key things you need to do, first of all, is to hit what we call the key three 
for hormonally balanced eating. So hormonally balanced eating is the overall approach we follow inside our program. Our clients are able to drop one to two stone every 12 weeks, even during things like menopause, even in their late 40s, in their 50s, and some in their early 60s as well. So we know this stuff works from this for years. So the fundamentals that need to be right for women over 40 if they wanna lose weight successfully or at least manage it over Christmas as first of all, the key three, which is calories, protein, and fiber. Not too many calories, but also not too few. If you don't have enough, which is not really going to be a problem over Christmas, you'll trigger something called the weight gain triangle. We're not going to talk about that today, but that's where you overstress the body through starving it of the wrong kinds of exercise uh, combined with a stressful life. But you want to make sure you're having not too many calories. Like calories is a unit of energy. You do have to manage that. You don't have to track it all the time. You need to make sure you manage it over Christmas so it's not crazy. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. The next thing that most people don't do is eat enough protein. Most women... I speak to are eating way too little protein to get good results. If you eat more protein, you'll be leaner, you'll lose more weight, you'll have a faster metabolism, there's loads and loads of benefit. It'll fill you up for way longer as well. So you need to eat enough protein. And then the last one is enough fiber, which is similar to protein. It doesn't help with the muscle building and toning up, but it helps to keep you full. And generally when I say enough fiber, it's just getting enough fruit and veg. And then the last thing, so the key three are calories, protein, and fiber. We covered those. And the last thing is you don't want to have too many of what we call the WADS foods. So inside our Fit Over 40 program, we do something called a diet makeover where for two weeks we cut out the WADS foods. We'll be doing this in January with a lot of our clients uh, as well as a whole group. It's a tool you can repeat the diet makeover and it's really powerful. Not only does it get the weight moving quickly because it helps to rebalance your hormones and avoid these foods that kind of create, create cravings and get you hooked on them, but also it will help put your body in a state to lose weight. So we call these the WADS foods, wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. If you consume too many of those, which tend to be fairly kind of addictive substances, most of them, dairy is the only one that's kind of a bit of an exception. If we consume too many of those, it's almost impossible to lose weight as a woman over 40. Now, you don't have to cut them out entirely, although it can help to do that for a period of time just to kind of break the cycle of eating them and the cravings and the habits. But over Christmas, we want to kind of manage those. So... Let's get into the best and worst foods now. So let's start with the worst foods, the worst offenders. I don't know if you're listening to this, what you think could be the worst offenders, but you probably, like most people know what they need to do. They don't necessarily do it. So I'm going to cover these and then I'm going to give you kind of a tactic to, to still enjoy them to some degree, because I don't want you to miss out. I love food, I'm a massive foodie. I know lots of clients who work with us are as well, and I don't want you to miss out. So the first one, I've got on my list of offenders, is pigs in blankets. Because sausages, and I love pigs in blankets, by the way, they're probably one of my favorite Christmas foods, if not my favorite. The reason being, sausages and bacon, they're very calorie dense. Um, they're both very high in fat, because um, they're kind of processed, that's meat, well, sausage especially. This means if anything that's high in fat, fat is one of the most calorie-dense substances. Fat and alcohol are much more calorie-dense than things like carbs and protein, which are four calories per grams per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. Alcohol is seven calories per gram. So even though everyone thinks carbs are terrible, actually fat is a lot higher in calories, hence why there was that low-fat fad in sort of the 90s and early 2000s. Um, it's not always bad. But in terms of pigs in blankets, there is an upside, which is they contain some protein. So protein is very filling. As I've said before, it helps to tone you up and all the rest of it, most people are not getting enough. So they're not great in terms of being pretty calorie dense, but they actually have some protein and they're very small. So I'm not saying have no pigs and blankets. I would just say, make sure you have some sort of 
moderate amount that you choose a sensible amount so i'd say one to two is fine they're usually pretty small so one to two isn't a huge issue and actually they're less calories in stuff something like pigs in blankets a serving of two small pigs in blankets like tesco ones is about 100 calories and some protein which is great versus bread sauce which i'm going to come on to a bit in a bit which is about one and a half times the calories for a serving of bread sauce and there's no protein and it's not filling at all the next thing on my list and i don't Everyone has a different Christmas dinner, so it depends what you have on your Christmas dinner. But if you have Yorkshire puddings, uh, it's more of a Sunday roast thing, I know, but some people do have them at Christmas. These are something to, to kind of avoid having too much of because they look innocuous, they feel light, they feel airy, but they're made of flour and oil and they're made of batter ultimately. And that contains a lot of the WODS foods that we kind of cut out during the diet makeover process that I said generally doesn't help women over 40 lose weight. They've also got no real nutritional value. They are almost like cardboard. There's no protein, there's no fiber, but they've got loads of calories. So like cardboard dipped in oil, almost like deep fried cardboard. Uh, by the way, I still like, I, I like pretty much all food, but I still like Yorkshire puddings. What I'd say is if you have them, try and not get those excessive huge ones. Or if you do have one, have like half of a big one or have one small one again. So it's not about missing out. It's just about not going crazy with them. The next one is roast potatoes. And I love roast potatoes. Now, the issue with these is they're cooked in fat, usually a lot of the time, lots of oil, lots of goose fat. To get them good, obviously you have to cook them in lots of fat to get them nice and crispy and soft on the inside. But oil is pure fat, it's the most calorie dense of all the macronutrients. So what we wanna do is to just have a limit on these again. And most people are not eating a crazy amount of roast potatoes. So if you have like two, three, four roast potatoes, depending on the size, you should be fine. So just not go crazy with those. Next one on my list of offenders is bread sauce. So bread sauce is basically milk, butter, and bread. And I actually like bread sauce. I know Ben doesn't, um, but it's pretty low in quality nutrition. There may be a little bit of benefit in kind of the dairy piece, but not much. Um, butter, bread, milk, it's all very calorie dense. It's relatively low in protein. There's a little bit from the, from the milk, um, but it's very high in calories. It, it, it's almost like a, a dessert. And one serving is about the same calories as a small chocolate bar of bread sauce. So that's one to be careful of. If you really love it, have it. If you don't really care, I'd probably miss that one off because I know a lot of people don't even love bread sauce. Okay, the next one is Christmas pudding. So once we've had the main, we're on to the Christmas pudding. Now, again, you might have different desserts, but the same kind of thing applies to all desserts. Pretty much all desserts are based on like some sort of variation of flour, sugar, eggs, or butter. And for Christmas pudding, there's dried fruit. All of those things are super calorie dense. Even dried fruit, you kind of strip out all of the water from the fruit. So you get it just down to like pure sugar. Fruit sugar isn't as bad as other forms of sugar, but it is still something that's high in calories. So the good thing though about Christmas pudding is it's quite rich. So you can't actually eat too much of it uh, without feeling really, really stuffed. So what I would suggest with Christmas pudding is if you want to have it, just have a really small sliver because you're usually pretty full after Christmas dinner. So try and listen to those hunger signals from your body and go, yeah, I'm quite stuffed. Especially if you've followed what I'm going to say with the good foods, you will be quite full, which is not a bad thing. It's quite a healthy meal, Christmas dinner. Christmas pudding is worse because it's, it's mostly sugar and fat. So what I'd say is just have a small amount rather than trying to go, oh, I'll be perfect and not have any. If you want it, just have a small portion, just have half the size of someone else and have it with the thing you want. If you want brandy butter, fine, just have the smaller portion of it rather than not having it at all. Then if you want more, have more, but don't put a big thing on your plate because you're gonna finish your plate. Like most of the clients we work with have grown up with post-war parents and post-war parents were all on, I mean, even my parents were a slightly later generation. They probably got it from their parents. 
it was always about clear your plate, clear your plate. There's people starving in Africa. I hear that all the time from clients. So put less on the plate to begin with and you'll get way, way better results at the end of Christmas. Now, the last thing on my list of offenders is probably the biggest issue of all. And this is milk chocolate, biscuits, snacks. In my experience, actually, Christmas dinner is not really the problem. It's actually quite a balanced meal. There's quite a lot of protein. And often there's some veg with it as well, which is good. People, some, a lot of people aren't even getting that in their normal meals. So it's often better than their normal meals. But it's the extras that add up that are the problem over Christmas. It's the overbuying of chocolate or being gifted loads of chocolate because it's a very quick and easy low effort present. I'm even guilty of buying it for people when I can't think of anything else to buy them. And that's what tends to happen. So I actively tell people, first of all, don't buy me chocolate because I don't want to end up eating it and feeling terrible. I still get bought some, even if I tell people that. So even if you tell people that, don't worry, you still get some. So you're not going to miss out. Still get some chocolate coins and things like that. Other people will also get bought them, so you can share theirs. But keep as many of the packs closed. Re-gift as many of them as you can. That's a great present as well. It's just to do pass the parcel with presents and gift away the stuff that you know is not going to be healthy for you, that you, realistically you don't need. And biscuits, chocolates, those kind of things are generally the worst kind of food because they're pure fat and a really unhealthy source of fat. A lot of milk, milk chocolates made with vegetable oil, which is pretty much as bad as it gets, plus sugar. Um, so it's very high in calories and very moreish and not remotely filling. So you can just eat more and more and more and more and more of it. So try and ask for different presents. Try and re-gift it if you do get chocolate. So I'd say like other treats, try and get treats in other forms other than just food. So it could be nice toiletries, pamper sets, clothing, candles, whatever you like. Try and specifically ask for those things because if you do that, you're more likely to get them. Now, Foods in the middle, so these are not the worst vendors, but these are not the best foods. I would say things like if you have lamb or beef instead of like a chicken or turkey at Christmas, these are okay, they're not too bad. It's quite, generally lamb and beef is fatty compared, to, it's much fattier than turkey or if you have chicken. So it's going to be higher in calories from that extra fat. However, it's also high in protein and protein plus fat in the form of meat is actually pretty filling. So it's better to have this than like more potatoes and more bread sauce or more chocolate afterwards. So fill up on that meat. It's still something I'd probably suggest you do, even though it's a little bit higher in calories. So just to bear that in mind, if your family's like, I don't care if we have turkey or beef or lamb, get the turkey or get the chicken even. We had a roast chicken last year that was really good. Um, and you'll it'll be like half the calories, if not less, and more filling because it's leaner. Next thing is like cranberry sauce or cranberry jelly. Now, it is similar to jam. It's it's mixed with sugar, so it is relatively high in sugar, but it's low in fat. So unlike things like bread sauce and gravy, cranberry jelly is actually low in fat, so it helps to keep the calories down because you're not having all those extra ca calories from the oils and things like that or the butter in it. So you're unlikely to overeat it, really. Like, you can you can enjoy uh, cranberry jelly. I'd say it's Cranberry jelly, cranberry sauce, cranberry sauce is even better if it's got real cranberries in. That's probably the best sauce if you're going to pick a sauce. And then the last one in my sort of middle ground is gravy. Now, I love gravy. I love an onion gravy. It is made with flour and butter like bread sauce, but it's it's more diluted. It's more liquid. It's often less high in carbs. You've not got the bread in there, for example. So it is a bit better. And again, you're unlikely to overeat gravy, really. Like it does add extra calories to the meal, but I wouldn't worry too much about gravy. Now, if we get into the best foods, the best foods are going to be the ones that are kind of hitting those key three I talked about earlier that's key for women over 40. So not too many calories, enough protein, which is really, really important, and enough fiber. So 
The first one is turkey or chicken. If you're going to have a, a meat sauce with your meal, turkey or chicken is great. It is going to be better than a vegetarian alternative. But if you're vegetarian, you're going to have to just compromise with what you've got. Like if you have a nut roast or something like that. The reason turkey and chicken is so good, it's so high in protein. It's really, really lean. It's very, very, very filling, um, which will then mean you're much less likely to pick. And also when you eat protein that's really high in protein like that, about 30, 20, 30% of the calories in it are used to digest it because it's hard for your body to break down protein, especially meat. So it will use a lot of calories to break it down. So actually, you're gonna, it might be 200 calories of chicken. That's quite a lot of if it's chicken breast which is the leanest part, much, much lower calories than the legs or the thighs. If you eat the chicken breast, you probably end up only getting 150 calories. Whereas if you have the same size portion of beef or lamb, it might be 300, 400, or nut roast, probably three or 400 calories as well. So have as much as you want if you're having turkey chicken. That's a really, really good thing to eat, especially the breast. The next thing is boiled or steamed veg. Like if you have Brussels sprouts and you boil them or steam them, you're not adding in loads of calories from oil then versus things that are fried. Things like cauliflower cheese where you're adding loads and loads of sauce and cheese and fat to it. So have as much of the boiled and steamed veg as you like. If it's Brussels sprouts, if it's cabbage, if it's broccoli, I don't know what you have. If carrots, that's just very high in fiber. It's not high in protein, but it is very high in fiber. And again, this digests slowly, so it fills you up uh, for a long time. And obviously it's very good for you health-wise as well. And then the last one on my good list is fruit. Now you're probably thinking... For God's sake, Rob, fruit, Christmas, it sounds so boring. I do get it. We don't have fruit with our Christmas dinner either. But I do always get, I don't know why, this is maybe my mum's attempt to be make Christmas a bit healthier. Always got a satsuma in my stocking or like a clementine. And actually that goes really nicely with chocolate coins. So you could have a little bit less chocolate and a bit, little bit more fruit with it and it will fill you up more because there's more fiber in that fruit, a lot more nutrition in that fruit. Maybe just one dessert over the Christmas period, have a fruit salad. It still can be pretty nice and probably everyone will thank you for being like, oh, I'm not just another thing that makes me feel like a stuffed turkey. So overall, it's not about being perfect. You never will be perfect over this period. You probably never will be perfect ever, but especially not over this period. But instead of just seeing this like as an on and off switch and just say I'm switching off my diet for December, diet's off. Diet starts again in January, which results in people just going mad and eating everything and just feeling fit to burst out of all of your clothes at the end of the Christmas break. I want you to think differently. Think about how you'd like to feel on January the 1st or the day you go back to work next year. How would you actually want to feel? If you just ignore the fact Christmas in the middle, how would you like to feel? And then let's factor Christmas in and say, okay, even with Christmas, how would I like to feel? And if you can just see it as turning the dial down a little bit, so you're not just going from on to off with this kind of thinking about healthy eating and instead just go, let's turn the dial down a bit, just like a dimmer switch, and make a few healthier choices every day, they really add up. It's the, these little choices, the difference between maintaining or gaining like one to two pounds, which is you know very easily lost in January. And that's what most of our clients do. They either maintain or just gain a couple of pounds, easily lost in the first week of January. It's the difference between that and gaining like half a stone or more, which can take months and months of hard work doing sweaty cardio or horrible diets. Like we don't do any of that, by the way, but a lot of people end up doing this, you know, slogging down the streets, doing couch to 5K for months, starving themselves just to see really mediocre results. So I wouldn't recommend any of that. There's a much easier way to lose weight in January as well. But whatever way you do, it's going to be more hard work if you just mindlessly eat throughout December from now. It's not Christmas yet, wait till Christmas or push it back as far as you can till Christmas and you'll help me for it later. And 
one example of a client who did this is Natalie. So Natalie said, joining Trinity, I was 1372 pounds, 83.9 kilos, and I was a size 16. I was fed up, I had a small selection of clothes that fitted me, and I was very self-conscious and not feeling, uh, generally not feeling good enough. I've tried all sorts in the past, something where Weight Watchers, Light Alive, Exante, Lisa Riley, Bikini Diet. And since doing the program, I've learned I can lose weight and socialize. It's okay to have a meal that's not 100% as long as you get straight back into it and I can go shopping for clothes again. In the last 12 weeks, I've lost 8.9 kilos, one and a half stone and dropped from a size 16 to a size 12 to 14. I'm much happier with what I see in the mirror. I can wear my clothes again rather than just what fitted me. I feel better and in general have more energy and feel more confident and comfortable. And if she can do this over the Christmas period, it may mean slightly slow progress over the period, but anyone can as well. So it may be that you want to wait till January, but take the tips I've given you on board today. It may be that you're just like, sod it. I want to do what your clients do and only gain on two pounds over Christmas and actually lose weight up to Christmas, which we achieve for loads and loads of people. So if that's you, if you're thinking, actually, I just want to get a head start on this now, or if you want to look, learn about what we do in our Fit Over 40 program, that Natalie and thousands of other women have followed to lose one to two stone in 12 weeks, just head over to www.fit40info.com and you can find all of the details there. So that just about wraps it up for today's episode of the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast. Thank you so much for joining us or joining me today because it's just a solo show. I hope you didn't get bored of my voice. And we'll catch you next week for another episode. Ben will be back then. So I will see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.